Here's something to consider. What do reading, rocks, and reality have to do with leadership? Well, as you listen to this podcast, we hope you'll be able to put those pieces together. And by the way, before we get started, what topics would you like to see addressed on future podcasts? Do you have an individual in mind who you think would be good for us to interview? Well, let us know by sending an email to info at doorways.cc. If we pick your topic or can connect with the guest you recommend, we'll send you a small gift. I'd tell you what that gift is, but I don't even know what it is yet. So it'll just have to be a surprise to both of us. Okay, back to reading Rocks and Reality. Thanks for listening. This is Mary Kay Blum, and I'm so excited you're here joining us today for the Doorways Leadership and Influence Podcast. This is the place where topics and issues relevant to leadership, influence, and the kingdom of God are discussed and help us to learn and grow together. Are you ready? Let's get started. What are you reading now in terms of leadership? Now, I'll tell you what I'm reading when I hear from you. Why don't you go ahead and you, you go first and then I'll Mine's go. Mine's going to be boring, but no, I'm going to go ahead and read it. You know, for years, I heard about this book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective uh-huh. People, and I kept thinking I should get that book. I got ready to purchase it the other day, and I thought, you know, I wonder. And I went out on the bookshelf in the living room. Not only did I have the book, but I had a piece of paper from a notepad from the Dragon Hill Lodge in Seoul, South Korea. I apparently took this book with me to Korea to see my son when he was in the army <laughs> there you in go. Korea, like 92 or 93. <laughs> and so I've had that book sitting on my bookshelf and I haven't read it. So I've started that. And unfortunately, I need to start one and finish it. But then I went ahead and started Craig Rochelle's yep. new book, Lead Like It Matters. Man, it's yep. such a rich resource. And then I just bought this one the other day, Leadership Not by the Book by David Green, the guy who started Hobby Lobby. So I've just, I've started that. And I, again, I need to finish one probably before I start the others, but I get so excited. So those are, those are the three I'm currently invested in. How about you? There's a couple usually using our review books and then uh, go from there. But right now I'm in Atomic Habits by James Clear. And so he talks about improving things 1% at a time that a lot of times when we go out and try to set these big audacious goals, we're kind of just setting ourselves up for failure. But if we look at approaching things by just small, gradual improvement that we're going to be better off in the long run. Hmm. And I think that's that huge thing. I'd, and I'll read Covey stuff from time to time. I'll go back to good to great often and just review things kind of going from there. But right now, Atomic Habits is one of the ones that I'm reading right now. And I've heard about that from many people. So hmm. that's probably one I need to add to my reading list here. Yeah. I'm also reading another one. It's an older book by George Friedman. It's, uh-huh. it's a forecast of geopolitical things in the next hundred years. And the accuracy with which he's been able to predict some of the geopolitical events has been just oh, really? outstanding. Yeah, it's an outstanding book. Huh. I think it's called The Next Hundred Years by George Friedman. Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I think we learn about leadership, not just from leadership books that are specifically about that, but also things that encompass even wider topics right. that help us to then put other things in perspective that we maybe never would have. So they say leaders are readers. And so, and I think with all the social media and whatever you got going on today, YouTube, Ted talks, there are definitely sources, great sources of leadership material out there. So make yourself available. I usually have a podcast or a Ted talk going on in my office in the background all the time. So, wow. Do you limit the amount of time you spend on social media? 
I try to. Uh, I, we, we all get caught in the trap from time oh, to time. Wow. I've, it's crazy. You know, it's it's crazy, but I've tried to. I went through and did some streamlining on my Facebook page and stuff. So I'm trying to cut back a little bit there, but trying to spend more time. One of the things my goals is to you know spend more time doing productive things. So I'm working yeah, on it. I, I wish I could say it was because of social media. That would have been good. But I found myself here a few months ago now that I was wrapped up in games on my phone. And I finally just had to say, you know what? I just have to stop doing this because it's just eroding my time, wasting my time completely. And I think as leaders, we also have to look at the investment of our time. Our time's pretty valuable. And once it's spent, you never, you never get it back. And I, I think for us to to look at that and realize it's a valuable resource that we have. And if we're not investing in growing ourselves, then we can use it to help grow others. So no doubt. In my office, I have a hourglass, you know, I'm sitting here staring at it right now, that has just a little bit of sand left. And I purpose, purposely set it in that manner to remind me how much little time we have and how important it is uh, that we be doing things that are fruitful. And so I use it as a daily reminder to me to focus on the important things. You're cruel. What's that? <laughs> is it? I mean, is it stationary now? It's, it's yeah, it's stationary. Done. I've got it tilted so the sand's not okay. It's not. It's not emptying any more sand out. It's not. Not. It's actually I had some of my staff members come in and, and say, "Was well, it broken? Or why, why are you not flipping over?" I'm like, "No, I've got it purposely set there. So when <laughs> I see it, I know that there's just a little bit." of time left there and I need to focus on the, on the important things. So, yeah, that's good. You know, I want to get back about the idea of uh, complacency and contentment. I have a friend, pastor, Jimmy Ray used to pastor a church here in, in Tulsa, mm-hmm. a dear friend. And Jimmy had another church. that was under his charge. It was a church that was, that was small and, and it had quit being multi-generational. Now it was an older church only about 10, 12 people met there on a Sunday. And he went to them to help them realize why it was that the church was going to be closed. Mm. And he said to them, listen, if you're not growing, you're not living. Because things that are alive grow, and they have new growth. And they go through seasons, and then they have new growth. But you've been through season after season after season, and not only is there no growth, but there's a lack of growth and there's a actually a, a backward movement here. You're declining. And I've thought of that pretty often. Complacency says, Hey, here we are. We've been here. We're still green. We're still, we're, we still got life, but to still have life mean that we still have growth. That's not necessarily the case. I totally and completely agree that we can get caught up in the mundane or routine things and, not stretch or grow in the ways that we should and end up kind of just stagnant and exactly where we've been for the past, whatever time you want to look, time frame you want to check and look at. So, and it's part of the challenges that we face is to say, are we doing the right things? Are we doing the important things? And I think you're looking at the book that you're talking about with Covey and, and that's part of what he's going to talk about is first things first. The example, the person or the professor putting in, you know, this having the glass jar with the rocks and the sand and the small stones, you got to put the big rocks in first and the important things first, and then you can fit all the other stuff in and around it. Part of becoming complacent, I think, in a lot of ways is that we start focusing on the unimportant or the small things. Yeah, and I don't think that contentment means, okay, 
we have enough. We don't need to earn anymore or make anymore or develop anymore. We don't have to do that because this is enough. A uh, couple of things there. Number one, man, the world changes. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing today that may be enough will not be anywhere near enough tomorrow. So to be able to keep your ear to the ground, to listen, to hear what changes are taking place and respond to them, I think that's absolutely critical. And mm-hmm. And contentment can be the enemy of progress. Yeah. Talk about that. Unpack that a little bit more with contentment being the enemy of, of progress. I think that's a strong, strong, strong point. Yeah. Well, I could use doorways as an example. When we first started this ministry in 1990, we believed what we were going to be doing was taking team after team after team and we were going to be taking youth evangelism outreaches, and they were going to be taking construction teams or medical and dental teams, and we were going to build churches. I was very content with that idea. I thought that was going to work really well. And then some shifts started to happen in short-term missions where we began to realize that there were some problems with that model. Mm -hmm. And the problems was that you were not providing a way for the indigenous church to grow with people in their own community. When you're bringing in people that are doing the building project and you're not using people in the community and helping them to have the resources to feed their family or or put money into the community, invest in the community, all of a sudden that becomes a real problem. And it's like that started to kind of shut us down. And as we realizing that was shutting us down. It wasn't a matter of, oh, we got to find something to do, but rather simultaneously as we really sought God and said, what's next? We began to develop a program called Networks, Nationals Evangelism Training Works. We, we've sponsored hundreds of students all over, all over the world and helping them to attend Bible school or receive ministry training by having sponsors that help provide those funds for them. Uh, That never was part of of the whole concept. And then we started providing wells for people. And after we started providing wells, then the next thing you know, we're doing some leadership development, then Simply Sisters started. Now we had the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network start here just a couple, three years ago. Now the podcast, because as the ministry, as our world changes and various ministries are embraced or they're not, God's helped us to be able to find ways to do things that are important and relevant and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Had I been complacent with doing teams, COVID would have been a really tough time, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really been, been yeah. Pretty restricted there, wouldn't you? And the world's always going to change. I mean, let's face it. There's always going to be change beyond our control. Unfortunately, the church, we tend to run about 15 years behind culture, 15 to 20 years behind culture. And so I'm one who believes, wouldn't it be great if the church could get out in front and be the ones that bring change? Contentment makes it so that it's an enemy of progress. We're happy with what we're doing, and the world around us is changing, but we're content with what we have, and we convince ourselves that what we're doing is so very important. It, It may be, but there's a new important thing coming up that we need to look to. In conclusion, or kind of just kind of wrap this up, um, any thoughts on what we can share with our group, with our network, ways that we can help them deal with change or embrace change or any thoughts that you want to bring uh, to the table on that? You know, I think conversations like this are really good, Mike. Yeah. I think these really are. And hopefully 
we can continue having conversations like this and challenge people in the way they think by suggesting to them resources that they may be able to use. I think those are those are pretty helpful tools. I like the quarterly meetings that we have, and none of them have been the same mm-hmm. to be able to help people understand there are these various avenues of ministry, things we can do, could do, should do, will do. Uh, I think that's very important. What kind of things, what do you have in mind in that regard? Well, in, in my context and just from where I was thinking, like, you know, it, it's good to take a look sometimes and say, look at areas where maybe you necessarily haven't grown and challenge yourself to do so. And to look at areas where you kind of have, may have grown comfortable or grown complacent and say, why, what has caused that? You know, what's the, what can I come through? And I think it's good to talk to others, to ask others that you're close to that you trust, that can give you insight on maybe why uh, maybe you've, you've stayed where you're stayed, not resident, you know, not willing to make that change. And I, I think when you're leading some a staff or a group and it comes time to, to make a change, we recently here had some processes and stuff that we're starting to make some changes in that we've done things a certain way for a long time and we've done them well and, and we do a good job, but was I afraid to risk the good for being great and to make, to improve. And so I had to rattle some cages or break a few eggs along the way and make some changes. And one of the biggest things that I decided to do was make sure that first thing we started with was communication and communicate. Why, why are we making the change? Why is it important to do that? And I think same thing in our personal lives and if changes come we need to make changes, I think, for us to acknowledge and to understand the reason why and why it's important that we do change, that we want to continue to be relevant. Uh, we want to continue to have an impact. We want to continue uh, to grow and develop. And a lot of times it only comes through change, and we have to be bold and, and brave to, to do that. But I think communication with our staff, giving them the understanding why, and then also letting them having being participant or ownership in that change and in the process and the thoughts. I think you don't just hand it uh, to them and say, hey, here's what we're doing. Deal with it. I think you let them be participants in that and have some ownership decisions in that. I think you're more likely to get a group that's on board with you as opposed to one that's going to fight you with those changes. It probably starts with self-assessment. Yeah. It probably begins there when we begin to say, what's going on in me that's resistant to change or can't see something new? What's that? And then I absolutely agree with you. If we're in an organization with others, if we don't have their buy-in, if we don't have their willingness to say, I think that's a good idea, or hear from them about what could be something we didn't consider. I think early on, you you made some comment, I think, in our debut podcast about the cell phone companies. And and they were trying to figure out how to make Mm -hmm. the cell phones work and how they got connected and whatever. And here it was. A low-level person got invited to a meeting somehow, or, or maybe that person just walked in and said, hey, what's for lunch? I don't know. <laughs> and that person had the idea that all of a sudden changed it, put it all together and said, here's how we need to connect. That's the right way. Who knows? By by opening it up to others and getting their buy-in and getting their feedback, I think we have a chance to to grow. And that's pretty important for us. Yeah, I agree. And I've enjoyed this opportunity to just to talk and share with you and 
you know, hopefully the listeners have gained uh, some things through this. And if they're experiencing or getting ready to experience some change to understand, yeah, it's a challenge. It's, it's not easy sometimes, or most of the time it's not easy, but that doesn't mean that it's not important or not beneficial to experience it. Well, hey, we're glad you guys have joined us today on the podcast. Thanks. And again, remember to subscribe or like or whatever you need to do so that you can be reminded or notified when new podcasts drop. And make sure to share this podcast with friends, family, associates. And we are so thankful that you decided to join us today. And we understand that we are better when we grow and learn together. And as always, grace and peace to you. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed the content or would like to hear future podcasts, please subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are released. On behalf of Mike Atkinson, Rick Shields, and our amazing Doorways Leadership and Influence Network partners, this is Mary Kay Blum saying thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.